You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Teodi Anderson. Today is all about tricks and treats. Why should you just settle for one? Halloween is just around the corner, and we're going to talk about how to make it a fun night for your dog and not a nightmare. I'm going to cover training, treats, and I'll even share a tale of a ghostly dog that is said to roam South Carolina Highway. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Teodi Anderson. Halloween is almost here. I love Halloween. I hope that it is one of your favorite holidays because that is what we'll be talking about in today's show. I am not one to typically dress my own dogs up in costume. I have lots of friends who do. I don't have a particular problem against it. I know some people find it offensive that dogs are dressed up in costume. I think it all can be done well. And as long as the dog's having a good time, it makes for some awesome pictures. Some dogs are miserable. We'll talk about how to help those dogs as well. But Halloween is just a lot of fun. It can be a really fun night for you and your pets, and it can be a bad night for you and your pets, depending on your pet and how you prepare them. I uh, do recall that when Finian, the Papillon, was quite a little tot, he did substitute for Toto for a friend of mine. She was dressed as Dorothy, and she needed a Toto. Mind you, a Papillon is nothing like a Cairn Terrier that the original Toto was, but Finian was small and adorable, and he fit in a basket. So that became his role. He was just wearing a bandana that evening, but he had a very large time on Halloween having a huge fuss made over him as Toto for Dorothy. So that was a lot of fun. So let's get the bad trick stuff over with first. There are pets that really should not be part of your Halloween celebration. And it's really important to look in the mirror and be honest with yourself and make sure that you're doing it for your pet in addition for you. Because this is where you lead to problems. This is where it can lead to dog bites or cats that now are terrified of children. You don't want your dog to have a bad time. Halloween's supposed to be fun. I don't know why I love Halloween so much. Maybe it was all that candy as a child. I do uh, occasionally still dress up myself. I travel a lot in October, so sometimes it's hard for me to get a costume together. But Halloween is a lot of fun. And there have been in the past dogs that really couldn't be a part of that celebration simply because they were just too shy. The Shelties I had many, many years ago were terrified dogs. They were great at home, but they were not really good with strangers. And the thought of them being subjected to all the cute little kitties out there dressed in costume was something more than they could bear. So I always made sure that I separated them. How do you know? How do you know if your dog's going to be good around Halloween or not? Well, in general, if your dog is really shy or fearful, or if your dog is aggressive, they need 
need to take the night off. That would be much better for them to just take the night off. Think about it. If a dog doesn't like kids on a regular day, he is certainly not likely to love kids dressed up in costume. They're even more scary when they're dressed up in costume, even in the eyes of a pet. Even that cute little girl who's dressed like a ladybug could be terrifying to a dog that is already afraid of young children. So it's a really freaky night. There are kids, there's lots of running, and there's kids holding flashlights, and some of them wear those glow necklaces or glow sticks, and they're making lots of noise, they're carrying big tubs or giant jack-o'-lantern heads of candy. It can be very startling for dogs that are used to kids, let alone a dog that's already shy or aggressive. So lots of folks make the mistake of thinking that if their dog isn't social, well, they need to socialize him. And the best way to do that is to get him around people. So what better night of the year than to get him used to kids than when all the kids are outside? This is a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea. It's true that if your dog is shy and nervous, that socialization could help that dog. But you have to do it right. And just exposing that dog to all this madness is not how to do it right. It really has to be done very slowly with a controlled behavior modification program. It needs to be done in a desensitization program where the dog is not reacting and not fearful and not nervous. And it's associated with Lots of really good things that the dog likes, so the dog gradually gets used to whatever it is that's scaring it, not dumped in the middle of it and hope for the best. That is the worst thing you can do. It's really a popular belief. I've heard it twice this week from potential clients alone saying, well, I know that my dog's really nervous and shy, so I thought if I took him to a group class that it would be great. I'm thinking, no, no, you need private lessons. A group class is too much. It's just too much. If you think about any time in your life that you've been terrified or afraid, you were not capable of learning algebra at that time. So if your dog is really what we call over threshold and just over the edge of being afraid, they're not going to learn anything, let alone how not to be afraid. So proper socialization has to be done. So this may not be the night for it. And while you may want to dress your little puppy up like a goblin and get him out if he's already terrified, this is just the night he has to take off. And I've gone over these symptoms before, but they bear repeating. Here are some signs of stress and fear in dogs. One is lip licking. I'm not saying you're holding a stake in front of them and they're starting to drool. It's going to be their lip licking that can be a sign of stress. Yawning is a sign of stress in dogs. Of course, there are more obvious ones like cowering or trying to get behind you or trying to climb up your leg or pressing in against you. The dog is trying to get away from whatever it is that is frightening it. It can also go so far as growling. Dogs that are afraid generally can often react aggressively. A lot of aggression is based in fear. So a dog that is trembling or growling, his lip is curling up, he's starting to snarl, his hackles, the fur between his shoulder blades may be up. If any of those things are going on, your dog is stressed. Even if you have a really confident dog, and we're going to talk about taking those dogs out too, you're going to watch for those stress signals because if he starts showing you those signals during the night, that means it's time to cut the night short and and take the baby home because he's just having too much happening to him at once and he's having difficult coping with it. So always look for those signs, even outside of Halloween, but Halloween's a really good time to look for them in your dog. So what do you do with the dog that you can't have participate in your Halloween? Well, put him in a back room away from that doorbell. Put on some soothing music, maybe some nice classical music. There are even music programs that are designed to help fearful dogs. You might want to consider purchasing one of those. Give him a food-stuffed dog toy, like a Kong 
or a rhino. Give him a, one of those toys. You can put a layer of peanut butter in there, some of his regular kibble, some more peanut butter, maybe some baby carrots, something healthy, maybe a liver treat in the end. Give him a little doggy pacifier so that he's not just missing out on activities, but he has something to do and something to enjoy in that back room. But keep him away from the chaos. That's, that's truly the best thing you can do for your dog. If you want to prepare your dog for next Halloween, certainly contact a reward-based trainer in your area and start working on it now. It might be a little cutting it close by the time you hear this show and Halloween comes around in order to get your dog completely over some fears. It just depends on how, how fearful your dog is and how long it's been going on. Any habit that has been in place for a long period of time is going to be harder to get rid of than a habit that is new. So again, watch your dog for those signs of stress and make sure that even your confident, friendly, outgoing dog isn't starting to freak out when he sees Spider-Man coming at him with a giant pumpkin head full of candy, which can startle several of us, actually. So, all right, you're putting your fearful, little aggressive or shy dog away. What dogs are good for Halloween? Well, puppies. Puppies that are not shy. Puppies that are maybe just your average puppy. Exuberant puppies, happy puppies, puppies that aren't terrified already. These puppies can have a really good time at Halloween. It is an excellent socialization time for those puppies if you do it properly. What you're going to do is watch your puppy for those signs of stress that I talked about. And you're going to make sure that every time one of those little children come to the door dressed as spiders and pirates and princesses, your puppy gets tons of cookies, tons of little dog cookies. And so every time those little goblins and ghosties come to the door, it's a party for your puppy and he has a wonderful time. If your dog is not afraid of the children and you don't mind interaction and you think the children will be appropriate, it's okay to let them interact as well. Just make sure that your puppy is having a blast, that your puppy is enjoying Halloween just as much as you are because you want the puppy to have a really good time, be a positive socialization period so that any kind of thing that happens in the future is going to be less scary because he survived Halloween and he had a really good time. It's a really good opportunity for socialization done properly with the right dog. Don't force it. Absolutely don't force it. You never want to do that. But for the right puppy, it can be an absolute blast. It can really get them used to lots of different things. And let's face it, these days, a lot of families go out. I know that usually mom or dad wants to take the kids out trick-or-treating, but sometimes entire families dress up and you want the dog to join you too. There's nothing wrong with that, but you want to make sure your dog is prepared for that. So it can be really, really good for the right puppy and the right situation where you're setting it up as a training exercise. And that doesn't make it any less fun for you because you're enjoying your puppy too and get lots of pictures of that because I definitely want to see it if you use the opportunity. We're going to come back in just a second. And when we do, I'm going to share with you the training exercise that is even more perfect for Halloween. So stay tuned to get positive results on Pet Life Radio. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. 
In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Pet Life Radio's Get Positive Results. I'm your host, Teody Anderson. Today is all about tricks and treats, and I promised you I would share the best training exercise ever for Halloween. And I have to say, this is an exercise that clients contact me year-round. What's the best time to practice it? Halloween. Why? Because it's proper door greetings. People always complain their dogs just throw themselves on the company or jump on their guests or they bark and go crazy at the door because they're so happy to see people and they're knocking you over. Well, the biggest complaint I think my clients usually have is that they don't get a chance to practice. And I get that. It's hard to find time to do your homework. For those little ones listening, yes, adults have homework too. And if you want to see success in your dog training you need to do the homework. The trainer doesn't live with you usually, so you need to do the homework or your dog's never going to see success. Well, in order to practice really good door greetings, you need other people to be at the door. And so that can be even harder. First of all, you got to find time in your busy schedule to practice the exercise. And then you have to find other people to help you. And that's not always easy right? Sometimes your schedules don't match your friend's schedules. They're busy too. They don't always have the time to come over. When you finally get to see your friends, you don't necessarily want to make it a training exercise. You want to sit down and have a drink with them and enjoy their company. Halloween is a night when you have lots of people coming to the door. It's the perfect opportunity to practice this exercise. It's a lot, a lot of fun. What you're going to do is you're going to put your dog on leash so that they don't maul your little ghosts and ghoulies coming to the door. But you also need to have that final picture in your mind of what you want to teach. Do you want your dog to just sit at the door? Do you want them to go lie down on their bed nearby the door? Do you want them to go down the hall into another room? What do you want to teach? If you don't know what you want, you can't train it. So think about what you want. Put your dog on leash. Have your clicker. The click marks the instant the dog did something correctly. You're going to have your treats. And every time those kids ring the doorbell, practice the exercise. Oh, my gosh. By the time the night is over, your dog will be doing the exercise so beautifully after all the practice. And it's going to be a lot of fun for your dog because he'll be getting lots of cookies for doing it right. And 
when Halloween is over and there's still leftover candy in the bowl and your friends come to visit you later, your dog will have the memory of at least that really intense practice. Now, it won't last if you don't keep up with it, but Halloween is a great night for practicing proper door greetings. So don't miss out on that opportunity if you're the one manning the door for all the kids coming through. Of course, another way to make your pet part of the fun is to get them a costume. I think that this is the time of year when Facebook is flooded and the internet is flooded with adorable animals with very pained expressions on their faces because they have been dressed up in these ridiculous, fun, hysterical costumes. Well, don't be one of those. Don't be one of those that has the dog who looks like he's being tortured with a blunt spoon. Make sure your dog is going to have a good time. And you can absolutely teach your dog to love wearing costumes. You can. One of my best friends has a dog that loves dress up. He just absolutely loves to dress up. She likes to put him in little hats and little things sometimes for holidays. And he gets so excited. There are some dogs that do just love a nice wardrobe, but not every dog does. So when you get your costumes, I want you to get the costume now. I want you to get the costume way before Halloween, as as soon as you can possibly get it. I want you to choose a costume that is going to fit your dog properly or your cat. I want you to make sure that the costume does not obstruct your pet's vision. That can be really scary especially for cats. You don't want something that's going to be bobbing in front of their eyes or something that's going to make them to where they can't see. That's going to make them uncomfortable. Make sure that the costume is very easy to move in, especially if you want your dog to accompany you as you go through the neighborhood. You want to make sure that it's not restrictive and it makes them comfortable enough where they can move easily. If you do those things, you're going to have better success. Now, you're going to get a bunch of treats. You're going to get the costume. Here's what you're going to do. This works for cats and dogs. You just want to make sure that you're using a treat that each party likes. So if your cat has a special treat he likes, make sure you use that treat. Dog has a special treat he likes, make sure you're using that treat. You're going to show them the piece of the costume. Let's say it's a hat. And you're going to show them the hat, let them sniff it, and then you're going to give them a treat. And you're going to do that over and over again. Just let them sniff it. Just let them sniff it. So many people just throw the costume on and then the dog is traumatized. No, take your time. That's why you get the costume early. Let them sniff it, give them a treat. Sniff it, give them a treat. Press it up against their head. Just lay it flat on their head without tying the little hat. Take it off and give a treat. Taking the costume off, pulling the costume away is also part of the reward. Okay, they need to know that you're going to take it off them. Then you eventually get, when they're very comfortable with that step, to where you tie the little hat on, you give them a couple treats right in a row and immediately take the hat off. Do that a couple times. All of this doesn't also have to be done in one training session. Spread it out. Do a little bit each night during your favorite commercial break for your favorite TV program. Then you're going to go on to all the different parts of the costume. If you do this with enough time, your dog's going to enjoy wearing that costume, going to be comfortable in it. Your cat's going to be comfortable in it. Plenty long enough for the photo for Facebook. So also, if you really, really want your dog to wear the costume for an extended period of time, this is really going to help you because you want them to be comfortable in it. When you first put it on, if you don't do that that little step in getting them used to it, don't be surprised that they may try to paw it off or they may try to chew it. Well, don't get mad at them. Don't be yelling at them. You're the one who put the costume on, so we can't get mad at them. They think we're crazy anyway. So if your dog is a bad chewer, if they're really, if there's a dangly part of the costume, then maybe you've turned your cat into a dragon and he's clawing at the tail. Get your cat more used to it. 
go back up a couple steps, go more gradually. If your dog is trying to chew part of it, you can apply a chew deterrent spray. Some of them aren't stain safe, so be sure to test an area that's not going to show so much. But you can spray it with a chew deterrent spray. You can distract your dog with one of his favorite toys. And again, keep those little sessions really short where they're not wearing it for long periods of time. Again, too many people just wait till the last minute. They wait till the costumes are on sale or they haven't decided what to dress their pet up as. They throw the costume on. Pets traumatized, constantly pawing at his head to get the hat off and chewing at their rear ends to get the tail off or whatever you've created them to be, and it's not as fun. We don't want to end up yelling at our dogs because we have chosen to dress them up. And by all means... If you have this wonderful program where you get them used to it and they love it, take lots of pictures and post it to the Facebook page. I would love to see them. I do think that they are absolutely adorable. And they have some really creative costumes these days for pets, really fun ones. When you're given treats, you know what to do for regular treats. You're going to use your dog's favorite treats, a really good one that's going to be healthy and free of dyes and sugars, a lot of the really quality brands. Don't forget that your pet's idea of a treat is not necessarily yours. And come Halloween, there's a lot of candy that's out there that is very dangerous for pets. You want to make sure that this is going to be something that is healthy for them to get. And if you have little ones in your life, little little children, you want to make sure that they're not being really sweet and sharing their Halloween goodies with the family pet. You could be making them very, very sick to the point of you may end up in the emergency room and you don't want that on Halloween night. You certainly do not want that to happen. Remember that chocolate is poisonous to dogs. The darker the chocolate, the more dangerous it is. Also, xylitol is an ingredient that's used in a lot of sugar-free gums and candies. That is very dangerous to pets. You know, at the least, they might have an upset stomach, but at the most, you're going to end up in an emergency vet visit. So we want to make sure that the dog doesn't accidentally get in the giant jack-o'-lantern head full of candy or that you don't put the bowl down while you're delivering candy to go talk to the neighbor and forget that the dog is there and he decides to go eat a complete jack-o'-lantern bowl full of chocolate. We want to make sure that doesn't happen. So please be careful. Some kids are very cute and they're very sweet and they want to share their treats, which is great. Some kids don't want to share at all, but I'm assuming that there's some ones near you that do like to share and we don't want them to share them with Fido because Fido is going to get very, very sick. There are treats that you can make for your dog in celebration of the holiday. There are lots of uh, great recipes for pumpkin treats on the internet. You can go out and find some really healthy pumpkin treats. You can buy some too if you don't feel like baking. I will tell you that just about every dog I have ever had loves pumpkin. I remember this. It was the strangest thing. I was inside the house. This was years and years ago with those really shy Shelties I mentioned. And they were in the backyard. And I heard one of them bark once or twice and then stop. And then it was silent. And then I heard another one or two barks and then silence. And then another single bark and then silence. And something was wrong because I had Shetland sheepdogs. If you have Shetland sheepdogs, they bark constantly. They're very talkative dogs. And normally when the Shelties saw somebody walking by or they saw a cat nearby or they saw a twig fall from a tree, they would bark their full heads off. That's just who they were. They barked constantly. So this little single bark was odd. And then it was, it was spaced oddly. It would just be one or two barks and then it would be quiet. 
So I had a bay window that looked out over my deck, and I went to the bay window, and it was the funniest thing. I had been carving a jack-o'-lantern for Halloween, and I had a picnic table that was on top of the deck, and my female Sheltie had jumped up on top of the picnic table, and she was eating the pieces. So I was carving a jack-o'-lantern. I'd carved out the triangle eyes. It was, it was a classic jack-o'-lantern. It wasn't one of those fancy ones. But I had carved out triangles for eyes and the triangle for the nose and the jagged mouth. And all those pieces were on the picnic table next to the jack-o'-lantern itself. I had gotten interrupted and, and come inside. She was up on top of the picnic table eating the pumpkin pieces. And my other Sheltie was on the deck. And he would bark once. And she would toss him a piece of pumpkin and he would eat it. That was the silence. And then when he finished it, he would bark again and she would toss him another piece. It was the funniest thing. I couldn't even interrupt him. I was just watching, fascinating, them working together. He would just tell her when he was ready and he wanted another piece. And being the wonderful sister she was, she would toss him another piece and they ate this pumpkin. Well, they ate the pumpkin pieces and before they got to the jack-o'-lantern, which is good because I really wanted to use that jack-o'-lantern for my Halloween decorations. But lots of dogs love pumpkin. I've also heard stories of squirrels loving pumpkin. Had a friend who looked out her window and her jack-o'-lantern was rolling down the sidewalk because a squirrel was stealing it. So you might have some company when you put out your jack-o'-lanterns, but uh, you can definitely make really healthy pumpkin treats for dogs and they may enjoy it. So I also promised a ghost story. I do live in South Carolina, and the South is rife with ghost stories. We have lots of ghost stories here in the South. And there's a certain tale of a ghost hound. It's a ghost hound of Goshen. And there's this alleged, I have not seen it myself, ghost of a very large, super large St. Bernard-sized hound that can be seen on Buncombe Road between the Ebenezer Church in Newberry County and Goshen Hill in Union County in South Carolina. And it allegedly started way back in the early 1850s. There was a peddler who was making his way through town, and he had this very large white hound that was his dog. Well, unfortunately for the peddler, a murder occurred when he was passing through the town. And because he was the new guy in town, he was passing through, the town turned against him, blamed him for the murder, and lynched him and hung him from a tree. Well, after this happened, the town realized that he was not the murderer. They had murdered the wrong man. They were murderers themselves. But his faithful dog stayed by him until he was either stoned to death, depending on what story you hear. The townsfolk stoned him so that he, he went away, or he starved to death. And he stayed by his master's side until that happened. Soon after that, all of the people who were involved in the lynching of this peddler started seeing a large white ghost hound that would attack them and injure them. I don't believe that any of them were allegedly killed, but several of them were maimed or severely injured by dogs that disappeared after the injury took place. And they said that it was the ghost hound of Goshen taking revenge for his owner who had been hung and accused of this terrible crime that he didn't commit. Well, through the years, there have been several sightings of this ghost hound. There was, in the later 1850s, early 1860s, a doctor who said he saw the animal, and he couldn't understand why the animal would appear and disappear. 
And he had a dog of his own who would walk with him off leash until they got to the Ebenezer Cemetery. And the dog would whine and whimper and then go into the woods until the doctor had passed where the ghost dog's territory was. And only then would his real dog come back and rejoin him. There are tales that if you're traveling through this Buncombe Road between the church in Newberry County and Goshen Hill in Union County, that no matter how fast you go, the dog is always running by the side of your car. And if you stop, he will settle in front of the car and wait for you. And then he disappears. I'm sure you have ghostly tales of your own where you live. Would love to hear them too. I would also love to, for you to post pictures of your little furry ones having fun in their costumes. You can do that on the Facebook page. If you go to facebook.com slash Anderson, that's where you'll find me. You can also email me at teody at petliferadio.com. I also want to tell you briefly about some appearances. I mentioned that October is usually too busy for me to get a Halloween costume, and this October is no different. I'm going to be appearing October 15th through the 18th in Hartford, Connecticut at the Association of Professional Dog Trainers Conference. If you are headed there, please, by all means, stop and say hello. I will be doing a variety of things at the conference, everything from hosting the Puppy Welcome. Puppies are what we call conference first-timers. I'll be giving a presentation on redefining the dog training professional. I'll also be hosting a workshop on making dog toys. And we're going to be having a bunch of people get together, making a bunch of dog toys and cat toys, and donating them to the local shelter there in Hartford, Connecticut. I'll also be appearing October 28th through the 29th in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, for the Michigan Partnership for Animal Welfare Conference. Really excited about that one. Haven't spoken at that one before. And that is going to be in late October. I'll be talking talking about canine behavior and how to be a foster family success. Thank you again for joining me on our Tricks and Treats episode of Get Positive Results. Thank you for the producers for making it possible. And I hope to join you again. This is T.O.D. Anderson on Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.